This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vail Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vail Valley Partnership. This is the Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams, and I am so happy. I wish you could see me smiling on the podcast right now because I really am happy to be joined by my next guest. She has been a guest on this podcast before. I was introduced to her when uh, she gave me a copy of her book, How to Make Feeling Good Your Priority, and uh, I really, really loved it. We became friends. Holly Johnson is my guest today. Thank you so much. Holly's an author. Holly's a marathoner. Holly's a coach. Holly's so much in this world, but uh, we're focusing on your new book that you've put out. But uh, I, I just I keep going with the intro. I should say, Holly, welcome. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, Eric. Thanks. Great to be back. It's nice to have you here. And uh, sometimes we do this in person, uh, looking at your book. But uh, you are visiting family on a different in a different part of the country. So over Zoom today, nice to have you on the computer. <laughs> Likewise. Well, I said it was you know there weren't many COVID blessings, but Zoom and interacting with people over the internet. So at least you make the personal contact was definitely a benefit. I think so too. And I can still see you and I, I still feel like uh, we are connected in this moment, not just uh, not just separated by distance. So uh, I'm starting uh, and obviously we want to talk about the new book just a little bit. And uh, for those of you who are longtime listeners, you're like, wait, this is the partnership podcast. We're not talking, this isn't a book review podcast. This is a uh, talking <laughs> about business in the community. And we are certainly going to talk about so many different things that benefit business in this community. Uh, Holly, talk to me about your first book just a little bit, because like I said, it sits on my shelf. It's something that I, when I finished it, I passed it to my wife. It's made a difference in my life. And I, I really appreciate that. And I know many others. So how did that journey come about? Uh, how to make feeling good your priority uh, was, I called it my COVID therapy. I, I People have been asking me if I was going to write a book. And um, a lot of them was when I was talking about dating stories. And I'm like, well, you can't really write the book on dating until you find the guy. So I needed a substitute. <laughs> <laughs> and I have said on more than one occasion that, you know, I've had a relationship with sports and uh, COVID just put things on steroids about the how can I's and the I can't camps. The I can't use every external influence as an excuse for not getting out of bed, not working out, not taking care of themselves. You know, everybody else needs me. I can't make myself important. And the how can I's are bummer, my gym's closed. How do I figure out how I can still work out? And bike sales went up and people started walking outside and finding a way where, you know, I say obstacle or opportunity. It's just a mindset shift. And a lot of people feel like they can't feel good about themselves or they can't take care of themselves when other people are suffering. And I went, you know, let's step back a little bit. When you're having a really good day, you're less affected by things. You're probably a better parent. You're probably a better boss. You're probably nicer to yourself. You know, the critical voice shuts down. And then you're in a much better position to take care of the people that need to be taken care of. But when you're pissed off and angry and not feeling good about yourself, guess what? It's a, you know, you're in a rabbit hole or jumping yeah. into one. And um, after COVID, um, I was predominantly focused in travel tourism and hospitality in my yep. PR and marketing business. And those doors got shuttered and, you know, I'm turning 60 going, hmm, you know what? What do I want people say about me at the end of my life, the celebration of life. And yep. it was a really good PR person. And I'm going, well, that's nice. I mean, I was, I helped a lot of businesses prosper and promote them in, in businesses that I really supported, but, um, yep. 
somehow I but you know, she really made a difference in my life. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's what I want. <laughs> and it just kind of started this whole path of what do I what what did I want for the vision of my life? Um, and things change. And I loved coaching, but running coaching barely pays the bills. It covered my running habit. And lo and behold, I get recruited to be a business coach. They found me on LinkedIn, saw my background, and they were looking for street smart, educated people. I, you know, had a major in communications. And it just seemed like the right fit. And then Book number two, How to Break Through Your Net Profit Barrier, was ghostwritten for a consortium of coaches in this program. And we all kind of applied the best practices. And then, you know, okay, I, I want to write my sequel. I want to write my own sequel to this. And what is that? And then publisher walks in. I want to write your third book. Go out and interview business owners, CEOs, and organization leaders and find out what their barrier to profitability is. And you will find your third book. And yes. That's the, well, and such a smart way to do it. Go listen to the community. Go listen to your businesses. Go listen to the CEOs. You already have a relationship, and uh, and they all came through with uh, with something pretty resounding. It sounds like yeah, um, hiring and retention is the biggest barrier to profitability, and 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 I think the when you take the thirty foot view or you know three hundred degree view, whatever, sure. um, it's how how is your organization set up and how are you set up to lead the a lot of struggles with small business owners and organization leaders that are short staffed and a lot of people are businesses are short staffed right now is they get so caught up doing their business that they lose sight of running their business and then all of a sudden the dream that they had of doing something better than somebody else and bringing something to market that didn't exist you know if you didn't believe that you wouldn't start your business um Phase because you're so caught up in the mundane and the routine and hey I get it this book came because when I looked back on my past and the things when things were humming along and when things weren't going along what was what was the foundational block on that and it was your vision when you have it and you adhere to it it helps you make the right decisions and the hard decisions faster and when you lose sight of it you just get spiraling and it you have to kind of bring yourself back up again. Yep. In so many of our conversations here locally, we're finding that employee retention, employee hiring uh, has become such an important part of uh, of the culture up here. You know, just some of our demographics, which you know well, Holly, in, in your, is that uh, we're finding our businesses, uh, you know, a lot of businesses are saying, oh, we're short staffed right now and we're going to be short staffed for this uh, for this uh, this amount of time. And uh, we're starting to tell the businesses it's time to be honest with yourself this amount of time. This is, might be your new staff. You know, a lot of businesses are reporting about 10 percent shortage in full time staff. But uh, we don't think that we're going to be able to house necessarily and find these people. So I ask you as an expert in this in this field, too, you know, knowing that we are going to continually be a little bit short staffed, that makes that retention and that satisfaction for those current employees that are doing so much even more important. How do we respond to that? How do we uh, you know knowing that we're always going to be a little a little behind the curve on this? Well, you know, it's it's the mindset thing. If you think you're behind the curve, you are. Oh, if there you it is. Think yeah. you're behind the curve. You aren't. And it, like you said, it's the new reality. And how do we make what we have work? And how do we make our team feel more valued and appreciated and engaged? So that when we, let's face it, not every day is going to be just hammering down or whatever. How can you build your business so that people have time off? 
you know, they have some element of flex time. I know it's like, well, we're open, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, but you work for tents. Um, or how do you structure that? And most importantly, what's a value to your employees? So many business leaders and uh, CEOs, you know, depending on the company too, are kind of jamming their idea of benefits down somebody's throat instead of saying, hey, you know, what if just for ease of math, we had a $2,000 benefit pool for every employee it, and it can go to whatever they want, but it's got to be health insurance, retirement plan, things that sustain their well-being. Yes. And then you pay it and you're, it's on the honor system. And if they leave before a year, they pay you back. If they don't, it's on you. Some people need first or last month's rent. Why can't that be their benefit? Oh, because they really need a retirement plan. I'm sorry, I'm 22 years old right now. I'm going to commit to dropping 50 bucks into a plan every month, but I really need my first and last month's rent. So by the way, I can come work for you. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it, one of the best tips I ever got was the best listeners ask the most questions. Hmm. Nobody's asking the employees or prospects what they want. They're just telling them. Who wants to be told? It's like ask, being told to clean your room when you're 14. <laughs> oh, so, boy, that, that hits home. So you speak <laughs> the father of a 14-year-old. Uh, you know, Holly, uh, I think I, I sit on the board of a local business. And for many, many years, that business had been providing ski passes to the employees as a benefit. But throughout the years, the employee culture had changed. And the employees who were working in that business weren't necessarily skiing. And they weren't necessarily part of the ski culture, really excited about skiing and uh, and doing that. But and so they were declining the benefit until a couple of years ago when the, the executive director had the foresight, why should I change it? Why should they just, just be a ski benefit? This should be a recreation benefit and changed it to something that all people can use for yoga or mountain biking or something like that. And just that one little change made such a difference in the employee retention because he was listening to his employees. It wasn't even the idea of the 700 extra dollars or what it may be for the, you know, for the recreation benefit. It was the fact that, oh, you listened and you heard me and you heard that the ski pass doesn't mean anything to me. And it's almost insulting when you offer it year after year and it's not something that I do. So I like the idea that listening and asking those questions of those people and finding out what they really want. The first and last month's rent that kind of blows my mind when you say that, wait, no, we can't do that, but you're right. Why can't we? <laughs> Well, the other thing is, is that when you look at the math, I mean, the, it's a minimum of $1,500 per hourly employee, but the better statistic is, or accurate is one and a half to two times salary to replace one employee. That doesn't factor in all the training and all that. And so when I hear, I can't afford that, I'm like, you can't afford not to do this. <laughs> you know, I mean, wouldn't you like to put some of that money back in your pocket? And how about giving 10 or 15% back to your team? And, you know, and if you involve them in the process and your retention goes up and your profits go up, the, and the statistics show that company, highly aligned organizations have 70% higher profitability than non-aligned. You know, in, is, in my I, book. It is kind of one of those like logical, no nonsense, like this makes more sense. It's money ball and baseball and sports and it just makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think my greatest compliment um, for all of my books is that when you step back and think about it, it's really very common sense. And it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, when I work with my clients, we spend an hour a week and they have maybe an hour of homework, but it's mostly accountability related. And they decide what they're going to do. You can move your hiring and retention process 
as quickly or as slowly as you want based upon your commitment. Um, But once you get that mindset, it's like in, in my next book, Break Through Your Hiring and Retention Barriers, I use the metaphor of becoming the number one best company in the region. So what would that look like? Because that could apply to anybody. How cool would it if every single business in Eagle County decided they wanted to be the best place to work in Eagle County? I mean, it gives me goosebumps because all of a sudden you are engaging everybody. You can't be the best place to work if you're not engaging your entire team. And it becomes a conversation instead of uh, telling people what to do. Yes. 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 People do like to be led, but they do not like to be <laughs> steered sometimes or, or, yeah. or told exactly. You're, and when you make the relation to children, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at uh, the the book jacket for your book right now. So I'm looking at the table of contents here and I don't want to spoil anything because I want people to go on Amazon and uh, and get this book for themselves. But I'm so intrigued by the chapter list, Holly. What was, um, you know, in writing this, what was the one of the ones that maybe that like and by the way, for those of you out there in podcast world, Holly and I didn't prep any of this. We love just having this conversation because <laughs> I enjoy her so much. And I said, "Do you want to prep any questions? No, let's just talk." So we're just going <laughs> for it. I mean, I look at uh, I look at how you start where you are, which is important, but then you move into like seven biggest mistakes, three key strategies. I want to know some of these. Will you give me just a, a couple of tidbits or something you were something you had an absolute blast writing because you know it's going to say it's going to help people. Well, um, the the first is, you know, using the great resignation as an excuse, kind of like you said, we're 10% short, obstacle or opportunity, you just have to say, I'm done. You know, it's a new world. And, you know, I'm of the generation where you got a job and a paycheck, and you were happy about that. But that's not the reality now. And, and nor should it have been back then. But it's just the way it was. And so there's a certain part of the way it was. Um, the other thing is, uh, this was a real eye opener to me is, we think we're doing everything right. But we're not. <laughs> you know, wait, are you talking just to me or never mind? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, my key imp- and you know, the, the big impetus for all of this is, you know, when you look back over your past and how you got over hurdles and things like that was, we had an, a key employee, best paid employee. She was the glue that held our organization together when we, my you know, business partner and I left town. Um, yeah, he used to be my husband. Uh, we'd come back and the office was running better than it was before. But, but we shielded her from the challenges and when we, and she quit one day. And I'm like, I'm like, why? And she said, you know, um, I just don't really feel fully valued and appreciated. And I just feel like I can, you know, go get a couple of clients and don't worry, I'm not going to compete with you. It wasn't, you know, yeah, adversary. And I was like, whoa, man, you know, and it's not all about the money. Yes, you need to pay a competitive wage. But when you look at the top 13 things, I think that are outlined in my book, only one has to do with money. So why is the focus only on money? Again, ask go to your employees first. If we're going to be the number one best place to work, what does that look like? What are we doing well? What are we not doing well? Look at the top reasons why employees leave or left in 2022 and ask your team over lunch or coffee, something nice and friendly. um, How do we stack up? Yeah. Yeah. What is so important? Yeah. Yeah. And don't 
don't do an email survey. It just makes me cringe. Email is a gray area. It's the excuse that everybody uses for not opening something. But if you gather people in a room, make it generic, same colored pens, check, 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 one to five in a folder, and then you as a CEO or business leader get to walk away with that folder, take a very deep breath because it's going to sting a little. Yeah. Like this. But you're also going to find out what you do really well. And remember, if you want to change, it's not about doing more of what you do well. It's about doing more of what you don't do well. And how do you fill in those gaps? And being, you know, it's same with profitability. If you're in business, you're doing a lot of things right. But if you're hitting the glass ceiling or it's a roller coaster, you just need to find the gaps to level the playing field. Yeah. And if that requires an outside person to come in and do that, but start with your team first and then say, what tools and resources do I need to move forward? Do I just need to read a book because I'm really disciplined and I'll follow follow the book does take you through the process. I I did do do that. Um, or do I need someone to come in and help me and make sure that I stay on task and reframe my brain? It's not going to happen overnight. It's like thinking you're going to take a pill and the world's going to be great. It's not yeah. going to happen. I, I really appreciate these examples that you give, especially, you know, from your personal uh, life and having having, you know, one of your employees quit. And when you said you shielded her uh, from different things uh, and that, uh, you know, you, you were probably doing that out of a place of trying to protect and trying to make sure that, uh, you know, she was as safe and as and, and happy as possible. But knowing that maybe that wasn't what she wanted. She wanted to see some of the the tougher things and work through those with you with business. Well, the other thing is, is that it's not easy running a business. Um, you know, trust me, I, and I've, I've done multiples of them. But uh, if you shield them from the challenges, they don't understand the challenges that you face. They just think that you're making all this money because you drive a nice car or whatever, yeah. um, take a vacation. And what I realized is that if you share the financial and all the other challenges of running a business and ask for their help, like where same, you know, the same rules apply. Where are we? Where do we want to be? How are we going to get there? And it's the we conversation. It's not the me, you kind of thing. Um, they start understanding how difficult it is to run a business. They're not going to be so inclined to jump ship and go, ah, I can just do it. I, I worked with the river outfitters for a lot of time. And a lot of the guides started because they just went, oh, I just want to make money guiding trips. Yeah, And then uh, it's 10% of what they do. 90% is what they're staffing and dealing with equipment and gas yes. and, and all of that stuff. So, And yeah. all the things that they didn't want to do, uh, but right. they found out that they had to. Um, you talk about marketing in this. Obviously, that's a large background with yours, marketing, uh, the, how the market dominates the messaging uh, and then attracting all these right candidates. What's um, for those as we're kind of wrapping up here for those business owners out here in town and they're looking at their employees right now saying, yes, I'm going to get this book because I want to go through some of these strategies. But uh, what's one out there that uh, I mean, besides the listening or anything, anything, uh, the, the last piece that you would give those business owners is to really focusing on those people who are feeling a little, you know, I, one of the things that you wrote on the back and I'm asking a long question. One of the things you wrote on the back is feeling stressed out. I can't stand my job. All I do is manage overhead and put out fires, you know, for those people that are in that moment what's your message to them step back and revisit your vision or if you don't have one create one what do you want to be known for because if you don't have the vision the rest of it isn't really going to matter because it's, it's the foundational i say it's it's either building 
a concrete foundation for your house or a house built on stilts. And when you operate from a place of vision, as I said earlier, it allows you to make the right and the hard decisions faster. And if you hired a vision, you are hiring people that believe in your vision and want to be part of that culture. If they don't get it, interview's over. You don't even have to waste your time. Yep. Thank you. Um, thank you for all that. Thank you for the books that you've written already. And then the upcoming, which we're very excited about, uh, released in early December, uh, breakthrough, your hiring and retention barriers, how successful leaders attract and keep the right employees. Gosh, that's, we, we need that so badly in this Valley. Holly, we're so thankful that, uh, that you, you came to share your gifts in this place after so many different places that you've been around the world and all the different things you've done. Thank you for, for being a partner with us here at the partnership and the things you do and for continuing to engage our local businesses. My pleasure. And I really hope that people get the book, not to, to, to buy the book, but it's probably the best investment they'll make in their hiring and retention. And I've had CEOs and business owners say, you know what, I follow these things and it does work. When you follow these principles and you can shift your mindset to really putting the onus or the uh, focus on helping people feel valued and appreciated, you will thrive. You really will. But don't don't start with the employees that already feel that way. Start with the ones who don't because yes. they're going to teach you more than the ones who are happy right now. There it is. <laughs> See this? Every second we talk to Holly, you're getting nuggets of information. Just think how much is in the book. Break through your hiring and retention barriers. Holly Johnson is our author. This is the Partnership Podcast. Holly, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.